This is the second part of my two-part interview with Mike Farrell. And if you'd actually like to see the interview and see us on camera, go to www.youtube.com slash That's Classic TV. You can actually see both of us uh, during the interview. Enjoy. A buddy of mine um, and I, the guys, we had, jo- we had joined the Marines together. And we were both out by that time. And he um, was working in a gas station on Sunset Boulevard. Hmm. And I'd, even evening, sometimes I'd stop by and say, how you doing? And, you know, and he was working uh, uh, with another guy, a fellow by the name of Bud Boyle, who was from Prince Edward Island in Canada. Oh, wow. And Bud had come all the way to California, all the way to Hollywood, because he wanted to be an actor. Yeah. And he and I were talking about it. And I said, you know, I've, I've always wanted to be an actor. And Bud said, well, why don't you do something about it? <laughs> and wow. I, I said, what do you mean? He said, there are actors' workshops. I'm in an actor's workshop. You can come down and and learn about the business, learn what you're doing, learn how to act, or if you can act. And I said, where is it and when is it? And uh, I went down and I sat in the back row as far as I could get in the dark, wanting nobody to call my name. Yeah, I know what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I watched and listened and pretty soon I was able to sit down closer to the front and pretty soon I was up on stage doing, uh, uh, you know, exercises and doing um, improvisations and uh, that worked into, uh, there was another workshop that opened up that I went to and there, um, (laughs) there, uh, there's a very, um, as is the case in this business, there's a guy with a great deal of ambition about being a producer. And he said, I'm going to produce a play and I want you to be uh, be in it. And we actually put on a functioning play in Hollywood. Wow. Um, and I played, of all things, a, a Marine Sergeant. <laughs> Sergeant, <laughs> Sergeant O'Hara in Perfect. Rain. In Rain the, 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 oh, yeah. Famous Somerset Mom play. Um and uh, I was awful, I think. <laughs> I was awful. But an agent, uh, a nice man, so the antipathy antipathy of, of, of Henry Wilson, a man by the name of Herman Zimmerman, uh, waited mm-hmm. afterward, and he said, I'm, uh, I'm an agent in a small little office, you know, and he said, and I think you have some, some potential. I'd like to represent you. And I said... That, that's thrilling i would like that very much wow and he sent uh he sent me out on you know interviews to do uh, he went that away or hello i'm <laughs> so and so or you know so these one line things yeah yeah i'll never forget <laughs> the story i love to tell because it's the business sure uh, he sent me out to uh an interview for a movie and the casting director said, "Oh no, I'm sorry, you're too short." Uh, the movie stars, <laughs> so, the movie stars, Fess Parker. And I, <laughs> By the way, he's huge. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I left, and then he sent me out on another one, and it was a war movie. And I thought, "Okay, I'm ready for this." And they said, "Oh, I'm sorry, you're too tall." <laughs> the movie starred Audie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> and. I went and he said, "I can't win here." And uh, and then he got me a, uh, an interview at CBS for the Red Skelton show, 
And I got the job because I was the perfect height to fit into the gorilla suit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So I got to play the gorilla. And then I got to play a... uh, A, uh, a wait, uh, uh, waiter, uh, uh, an usher, on the show, and chase out a guy who was a plant in the audience, and I got to escort him off stage, and that was my one of my first acting roles. Um, and did you that, meet Red? Uh, did you get to know Red Skelton at all? Oh yeah, I, I we talked and stuff. I worked with him in the gorilla suit. <laughs> well, what was that like? What, what was he like? Because he's he's another one that's like supposed to be such this creative force. But I've heard all sorts of things about Red Skelton. Very sweet with me. Very nice. Just, just told me what to do and where to go and where to be. Jamie uh, Farr talks about him all the time. Jamie worked with him a lot. Oh, wow. Uh, and, but he was just terrific, you know, uh, funny, fun to be with. And uh, but the guy I walked off stage, escorted off stage, um, Later got into the business and became the best agent I ever had. Oh, come on. Did you not? His name is Phil Arcara. He was just, he was just dynamite, this guy. Just and a, he was the guy you escorted off stage. <laughs> he was a fake, you know, it was a setup yeah. in the audience that I escorted off stage, but it's very funny. Wow. Wow. The way things work in this business. Yeah. And I know that you, at one point you moved down to Laguna, your wife has uh, a job down there as a school teacher You're down there, but you do performances (laughs) at um, the Laguna Playhouse, which is quite famous. Um, One of the, one, I don't know where I saw this, but you, I'm pretty sure you said that you had worked with Harrison Ford and I'm like trying to picture him at that time. What, what, (laughs) Was he even uh, anybody at that point? Not that anybody knew uh, Harry, as I think of him. Um, We didn't work together. We got to know each other because he was doing a show that I didn't do. Um, John Brown's Body, I think. uh, uh, Something like that. Hmm. Harry has that great voice and uh, great delivery. And um, uh, he and his wife at the time, uh, Mary and Judy and I got to know each other quite well. And uh, he was, you know, promising young actor with great promise. And he took off from, he wasn't living in Laguna. I don't think I had moved to Laguna as you suggest, because my wife, Judy was a teacher there after she graduated from uh, UCLA. And, um, so we, you know, piled around, knew each other, uh, and we still see each other every once in a while in the, in the business. It's sort of fun when you watch what has happened for some people. Uh, Did you have any sense at that time with him? Like, oh, I he's gonna, he, he's definitely gonna go. Or was it just like a fellow actor and he got the lucky <laughs> shot? It A little of both. You know, he, he was a fellow actor. He was yeah. doing plays on the same stage I was. Um, but he, I don't know if the Star Wars was the first, was it Star Wars? The first thing he did? One of the well, it was his his first biggie. He did a, a small role where he did, which by the way, I just thought of this. We'll talk a second, but he was like a bellhop in um <laughs> yeah. uh I I did I think it was a James Bond. I'm trying to think of what the what it was. I don't know. Yeah, don't yeah, know. he was a bellhop. He's famous scene. He walks in, he's calling the person's name, and then um they come and that's that's it. But I just thought of this. Your, one of your first things was a bellhop in The Graduate. 
That's right. How weird is <laughs> that? That's very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Dustin, uh, <laughs> I remember Dustin Hoffman sitting on the floor with us, just this bunch of people sitting around. And he was acting like he wasn't a big deal. And he sure was. Oh, um, wow. That's that's great to hear, though. So it was kind of like, hey, we're all here. We're doing this. Yeah. 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 He was just like one of the guys. Wow. So Harry took off and, you know, we all said, wow, great. You know, good for him. He's a nice guy. And you you like to see somebody, particularly somebody that you know, and somebody who's sort of in the same um, position you are. Yeah. Go Zoom like that. So that was a great thing. Did, did yeah. you? Oh, go ahead, please. No, okay. I, and I no. was just going to say, you, you're right. The, then I was, you know, up there in... Uh, well, I told Judy at, at one point, I said, I I, I had contacted, we, we did um, all the plays. We did Mary Mary, we did uh, Thousand Clowns, we did wow. uh, just, you know, all of the sort of um, passel of light comedies that were done and, and uh, Fantastics. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I had a wonderful time. It was a great theater, great theater company that... Oh. The uh, the fellow who ran the company became a very dear personal friend and remains so today. Mm -hmm. uh, and w w my wife then, at the time, Judy and I, were became the sort of celebrated couple of Laguna Theater and Laguna Beach. Isn't uh, that something? Yeah. And, and I was still going up to town trying to get a job you know <laughs> right right but by then I was I was doing able to get a job doing commercials and could make enough money to not have to have a, a regular job um which was lovely oh that's huge as an actor come on oh boy and then you know, little things come up. Uh, would I like to have a one-day job with uh, Mike Nichols on a show called The Graduate? And yeah, yeah, sure, I would. And I, <laughs> wow. He, uh, somebody, when I was doing a series later, he, somebody said, uh, oh, I forgot now that I, I get confused with his stories, but he, 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 I, he, he, oh, he, he asked about it and he put it in my resume that I had been uh, uh, had a part in The Graduate. And and he, oh, he said, I remember you in The Graduate. I said, really, what did I do? And he said, oh, you were in this, in the with Richard Dreyfuss in the, the fraternity or something. I said, nope. <laughs> <laughs> he said, well, which one were you? I said, when Dustin was finally, he was having an affair with uh, Anne Bancroft, his, his, his the woman he was mad about's mother um, at this hotel under an assumed name, <laughs> and then he finally gets a, day, a, a date with uh, with uh, her daughter, uh, the beautiful another name I'm going to blank on, <clears throat> Catherine Ross. Oh gosh, I can't believe I didn't even think of that. Yes, um, and he, he said, where would you like to go? And she said, to the such and such hotel, which is where he'd been having the affair with her mother oh. under a different name. And as they came in, he, and he said, oh, I've never been there before. And he came in, the, they came in the door and the first bellhop to walk by and say, hey, Mr. Gladstone, nice to see you, was me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great one-liner, come on. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, the joke I was going for before was I, I I added that to my resume. And of course, you know, you do a resume, you want them to know you can do anything. Yeah. So I will do on stunts. I'm a skydiver. I do this. I'll do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And uh, and they'd ask you, oh, oh, you're winning the graduate. Really? Uh, what <laughs> what what character did you play? <laughs> well. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. What a great opportunity, though. My gosh. You, you know, I got a good little piece of trivia for you on that. I interviewed Burt Ward, who played Robin in yeah. uh, Batman and Robin. He was actually offered the graduate first. And he had to turn it down. Yeah, he told me that he had to turn it down because 20th, I believe it was 20th wouldn't let him do it because of the, uh, they wanted him to just be Robin. They did not want him to go out of character. Man. Yeah. And that not want to make you shoot yourself. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He said he's still, he's still like, whenever he sees the, the director or the producer, he's always like, it could have been, it could have been. Yeah. Mike Nichols but, is the director. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, right. Of course, yeah. Yeah, I mean, top of top of the heap. Um so you went on, you did a lot of you did a lot of TV um but really great moments like um you were in the Monkeys. I believe you played like a federal agent. <laughs> what was what was that set like and like what was that experience like? Oh, it was nuts, you know. I mean, these kids were just uh, trying hard to be the Beatles and and uh, yeah weren't but they were a success as the monkeys uh, put together by the studio which was pretty silly but uh, it worked and uh, it was directed by a guy i later hired to direct a movie for me um uh, jim frawley oh uh, really yeah and uh yeah i i had a day's work i was under i don't know was that under i don't think i was under contract at that time at universal i was it was still before that those days so mm-hmm. I was having any, you know, any one day job I could get or two days or if I got lucky, you got to not only say a line, but you got to have a conversation. Right, right, right. But that one was a bit of a zany set, huh? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were, you know, they were sort of nuts. And um, and I think part of that was playing being nuts. Um, but more power to them. There's still, oh, yeah. A couple of them are still at it, I think. Well, there's one. There's one remaining, Mickey. Uh, the yeah. rest of them have all passed. But um, did uh, uh, the other one was I Dream a Genie, um, I, which, by the way, I had Barbara Barbara Eden. I actually people listening will be like, he is Barbara Eden. But yes, that that will be coming up. But um, I was curious. You uh, you played an astronaut in that. Um, did, I I can't remember the episode. I, I and I love the show. But what what? Were you in either with Larry Hagman or with her in the scene? With Hagman, yeah. And it was very brief. It was, you know, again, one of those jobs. I got a job. Yeah. Uh, but it was just a couple of uh, a couple of sentences, I'm sure. But it was wonderful. She's a beautiful woman. And um, gorgeous. Very sweet. Very ah. sweet. I've, I've uh, met Barbara on a couple of different occasions. Uh, her association with the Alzheimer's Association and my wife was very deeply associated with that and with um, um, some other work. Um, she's very kind of um, um, charity minded and and uh, mm-hmm. very generous. Nice woman, beautiful. I, yeah, she, she was terrific. I, I can't wait to when I release that. But um, did uh, 
the the other thing these are big ones uh and you mentioned earlier anthony quinn and we got talking to so many things that i didn't i didn't actually go with it at the time but i mean come on you worked with anthony quinn as i believe you played was it an assistant or something like that in um i, I can't i'm sorry I, I can't remember the name of the show but the man in the city yes thank you what the heck was that like to work with anthony quinn i mean come on well exactly uh, I was. I had done. Uh, I had done a soap, and out of the soap, I got a series called The Interns with Brad Crawford, which was also another big, big name. Um, which we will need to talk about, by the way. But sure. yeah. Uh, and then that only lasted one season, and um, I got a call saying, "Would you like to come to Universal?" Uh, to meet or do a test, but not a not an acting test. A I, I don't know what they call it. You sit on the stage and they ask you questions and you answer them. Wow. Uh, uh, for a series with Anthony Quinn. And I said, oh, would I? <laughs> yes, I would. Yes. And, and then when they said it, it involves a seven-year contract with Universal beyond the series, <gasps> and I thought, oh, how can I turn down the opportunity to work with this giant in uh, in the business? Uh, so, just iconic. And and I just assumed if the show was canceled, my contract would be canceled with it. Um, so yeah, I said, sure, yeah, yeah, okay, yes, <laughs> yes, I will. Wow. And he was uh, Tony. Tony, it was a, a giant in 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 so many ways. Um, a really good man. Um, from my perspective, sure, sure. I, I had, I, my son was only uh, just born, short, couple, couple of years old, I guess. And uh, I brought him on the set one day, and Tony said, "Oh!" And he grabbed him and he <laughs> held him and he danced around with him. Oh, wow! That's 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 the kind of man he was. And uh, I'll tell you two stories about him. Sure, <laughs> three. One, he had a guy who was his um, valet, I guess. I mean, somebody who was with him all the time. He was his man's man. Yeah, yeah. And he would carry a chessboard, and whenever Tony had a minute, he would play chess with this guy. And it was the 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 um, Globe Trotters and, and the and the other team. Yeah, uh, this guy was the Patsy, and Tony would play and. We watched him one time, and I said to the cameraman, "He's cheating." Oh, jeez, <laughs> he's cheating, <laughs> and he was. <laughs> but it, you know, I've forgotten the guy's name. But he was, you know, he was just there to, to be to be the. the <laughs> um, oh, is that funny? That's one story. The second story is uh, oh, three story. Another was well, it was. There are many stories. Go ahead, whatever. I'm. I love you. He, he treated me. He treated me wonderfully. Um, he was generous and he was thoughtful and he was very respectful. One time, um, Angie Dickinson was a guest on the show. Oh man, yeah. And uh, we broke for lunch, and I went out of the stage right after Tony and Angie were walking out, and Tony was walking. <laughs> ahead of me 10 15 yards with angie dickinson headed toward his trailer and he, he turned and he looked at me over his shoulder and he said 
Your turn will come, kid. (laughs) 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 Another time we were on the set and uh, we'd done a take. And the sound man said, I'm sorry, we have to do that again. We had a little problem with the sound. And Tony said, a problem with the sound? He said, we have here a building with padded walls. We're in a sound stage and you have a problem with the sound. Oh boy. Tony was just sort of putting the guy on, but he was saying, with all this equipment, you have to, we have to loop. And I was in, I was on the Greek, the shores of, the, of Greece with one man with a little box on top of a little stand and <laughs> we didn't loop a line. And I said, oh, was that a little, I did a little film, he said. <laughs> and I said that little film was absorbed with the Greek. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's oh, like man. classic. Well, wow, um, what an honor as an actor that you got to you got to work with him. That's that's just terrific. It it was. It was and it was you know, I was still um, no, not particularly well known in the business. I mean, I'd I'd uh, look worked my way up, uh, I guess one might say. Definitely. Point. What a second, second primetime series, which is nice. But um, we, we, um, I got a call from um, some people putting together an event for uh, uh, Anthony Russo and Daniel Ellsberg, uh, mm-hmm. who were under attack from the Nixon administration. And um, a lot of people, Norman Lear, Stanley Scheinbaum, a lot of people were backing this event. They're going to have a big event and wanted to know if I'd come and be part of a group of actors who were going to do some readings of uh, famous state sayings, etc. And I said, I'd be thrilled to do that. Wow. And um, I went down there. Oh, no, no. And, and then they called me back a day later and they said, do you think Mr. Quinn might, <laughs> might be willing to come? And uh-huh. I thought, uh, now I know why they called me <laughs> because I they couldn't get access to Tony and they knew I could. Yeah. So I asked him and he said, uh, oh, gee, Mike, I can't. I'm, I'm I'm tied up that particular day. And I said, no, no problem. I'll... And I called them back thinking, well, they, they're going to say, well, we don't really need you. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, we couldn't yeah. get Mr. But I called him back and said he can't make it. And um, he, they said, oh, well, we hope you'll be there. And, and I, I said, sure, I will. And, and it was great. A big, big, big event. And it was it pre-dated uh, the Nixon administration's dropping the case because, or the courts dropping the case because of Nixon and the plumbers and the right. breaking into the, the psychiatrist. Anyway, Water. yeah, Tony... Um, when I came back, he said, how did that event go? And I said, very, very well. It was really powerful. And I'm sorry, you couldn't see it and couldn't be there. And he said, I have to apologize to you. And I said, what's that? And he said, um, I I wasn't not available. I just didn't want to do it. He said, you, I was around, you know, in the business when there were a lot of people blacklisted. And um, oh, wow. I was he said i was not but there were threats and i've been very um hesitant to be out front politically as a result of that 
and I hope you'll forgive me. Wow. And I said, I absolutely understand, and you owe me no apology whatsoever. Those are choices we make, and um, and I'm sorry um, that that had this effect on you, but it hasn't dimmed your luster as far as I'm concerned. Wow, that's something. Yeah, it really was. It really was. And, and I'll cap it off by saying that he came to Los Angeles and he appeared at the Amundsen um, Theater mm-hmm. and did a play. And I, I don't know if it was a musical of Zorba or what. It, I don't frankly remember what the show was. But I went backstage with my uh, wife, Shelley, and um, saw him and was just thrilled that he not only remembered me, but was wonderfully gracious and welcoming. Wow. And he said, I just want you to know how proud I am of you for all the work you're doing in and outside of our business, all the political work you're doing. Oh, my gosh. It still touches me to this day that he would say that. He was watching you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. The the other one um, you mentioned Broderick Crawford and I I, I, I got to be honest I've always he you know it's so funny that you went Anthony you went Broderick Crawford then you went Anthony Quinn both of these gentlemen were bigger than a, a screen could hold them you know <laughs> literally I mean I think of Broderick Crawford and all the King's Men all you know just so many so many movies and I go whoa I mean this guy comes on and you're like blown blown out of the theater. What, um, but I, I also heard you had quite uh, a special, um, you formed quite a special relationship with him um, from the yeah. interns. <clears throat> That's true. Um, there's another story about Tony, don't let me forget it. Um, well, go ahead uh, tell the story about Tony and then we'll go to Broderick. First, first I'll tell you about Tony. We were doing a scene, this is the measure of the man and his understanding, Jesus. He, we were doing a scene in which whatever it was, the point of it was a very sad uh, development was information we were given that really struck home for him and hurt him. And we were, uh, we were just standing there together and the camera was on us. And I was moved to put my arm around him and, and put my hand on his shoulder. And um, the director called cut and said, that's a print. And Tony said, I want to do it one more time. And the director said, of course, of course. Uh, And I rolled it again. And Tony, before they rolled it, Tony said, remember when you put your hand around me, your arm around me? And I said, yeah. He said, this time, want to, but don't. Wow. And I thought, God, man. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And we did the scene and it was wonderful. it, 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 wow. the guy the guy yeah i mean he just understood stuff uh that uh, on film and in in life i mean he said to me one time we were doing a uh, a scene in this we were rehearsing we were learning the the, the dialogue in, in a scene um in which uh andy the character i was playing says to us or uh, uh, the, the mayor says to andy 
uh, where something about prejudice against the mayor of this small southwestern town, meaning Albuquerque, New Mexico, where was, he was supposed to be the mayor. Um, he said uh, uh, that they think of me as a Mexican. Do you think of me as a Mexican? And that was the line in the, wow. in, the in the show, in the script. Oh, so we were, we were running the lines and stopping and doing and stuff. And then we stopped for a while. <clears throat> and then he turned to me and he said, do you think of me as a Mexican? Oh, my God. For a flash, I didn't know if he was asking me, Tony, to Mike or <laughs> the mayor's answer. Right. He, he was so real in the way he worked that I was stunned. <laughs> yeah. But I responded in character and uh, we went on. But I thought, man, there is something about this guy. He, 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 he I told somebody one time we do press interviews. Yeah, sure. And like what you just said, he sucks the energy out of the room. He, he, he is the only. He, he is the only person in the room and when this right, right and you might you know i was thrilled to be there but for all intents and purposes i was invisible it was wow it was, it was amazing to watch it and, and broad was in many instances the same way uh, broad was sad because he was a drunk um, yeah i've heard, heard that Big, big time drunk back when i was delivering groceries he one time came into the place it was a warehouse it wasn't really a market with a guy who was virtually holding him up oh my gosh oh god this poor man and then of course i was working with him that's just crazy by the way that that happened to you that you know you you saw him at that time then later you're working with him but you knew what yeah. you were coming up against because you'd already seen it i did but I had also had an experience. Um, my wife and I, Judy and I, broke up. And um, long and the short of it is that I got involved with a uh, kind of a halfway house organization. Not to, that help, I had a, to help out or? No, no, to be part of the group because I was, oh. I was, I was so um, psychologically destroyed by the fact that I had not been uh, successful in the marriage I was supposed to be you know I was supposed to be I was supposed to grow up and graduate from high school and go in the Marines and come out and get married and have children it didn't happen it um, and, and the marriage broke up and I was psychologically just flattened wow and uh, a friend of mine um, really dear friend mentioned this place he said you should you should try this place out what a friend. Uh, yes, he is today and was then. Uh, and 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 I went, uh, there's a whole process that you go through, and I went through that process. But what I learned there was how to deal with mostly addicts, alcohol, drugs, but there were prostitutes and there were people dealing with being gay in society that didn't want them to be gay. And Wow. A, lot of, a lot of hard stuff and really tough groups and therapy, group therapy kinds of things. Um, the most profound experience I think I've ever had in my life. Um, wow. And it, it changed me in ways that um, I still credit to those people. Um, Probably made you a better actor. 
it's interesting. One of the, the, the one psychiatrist who was associated with this dearest man I ever met said, this isn't the reason for you to be here, but if you do the work here, it'll make you a much better actor. Wow. <laughs> wow. He was right. And you, you just, you just said it. Uh, so uh, I came out of that armed better armed in a way to deal with the foibles of business and all this crap and and here i am working with brad crawford who i admired and who was a drunk hmm. so we would have to stop production at some times because brad was um, too botched to do it Gosh. and i went to his dressing room and i sat down with him and i talked to him and i said you can't do this um this is harming everybody and you're not doing yourself any good. I can't um, believe you did that. I, I mean that it, it, both in a, as a, as a compliment and both as just, I mean, that just takes unbelievable strength to go in and talk to someone of that magnitude on that set and do that. Thank you. Um, but I thought I felt it was something that I knew how to do. I could do, and he deserved it. Um, so we went in and, and I went in and we had this conversation. This was not at the beginning of the show. This was a way we were in it a ways. Um, but, uh, he heard me said he heard me and I think the producers understood what was going on. So they started shooting his stuff only in the mornings and by the afternoons, he was not working. Um, but the conversation we had made a difference to him and to me to the degree that every uh, the show only lasted one season and every new year's day from the time that show was over in 1970 till the time till the day he died he called me and what? thanked me. Wow. he said i want you to know how much what you said means to me so wow. you, you know, it's uh, it's a funny thing this life we have. Oh, is that crazy? I wow, it must. I mean, wow. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it shows you what a what a. Um, well, I mean, obviously you did an incredible thing for him, but uh, that. Wow, what it what what it meant to him that somebody actually took the time to give a rip and do something. Yeah, that's what I got from it, and 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 it 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 really always it was it was always a thrill to hear from him, and I told him that. And um, was, you know. was he, uh, <clears throat> for lack of a better word, in kind of rough shape right to the end there? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, you know, I did what I did, and you can only do what you can do. Yep, yep, that's fair. That's I understand that. The um, the other, the other, uh, the other, somebody else that you worked with. I don't know if you have a good recollection of this or not, but you were on Banachek, and and George Papard was somebody that just I don't know, I don't know what it is about George Papard, but he was always one of my favorites. What? Uh, me too. Mine too. Mine too. I liked. I liked him very much. I always. He's a great looking guy. Yeah. And I thought. 
I thought a very good actor. Uh, and he, you know, he was put into that mold in, at Universal. And he was uh, Banachek and he was this and that. Uh, the, 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 the one thing I remember about it, though, is he, I was doing a scene with him. And uh, he was, I, I'm going to have to recall this because I've told the story a couple of times. And I, he came up to me and he said, you, you've got, you, he said, I, the, the, the issue was whether or not he was the person that was the evidence pointed to. And he said, now you have to suspicion me. And I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> the same thing just now. What? <clears throat> yeah. And he said, uh, "It's it's important that you suspicion me." And I said, <laughs> "Okay, got it." <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, George, Jesus. Ah, <laughs> uh. yeah. I I will suspicion you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, that's so funny because that's a classic actor moment too of what whatever you say. Sure, I got it. I got it. <laughs> um yeah. so well, you know, I, I did I I I I was gonna ask you about Providence, but I, I also don't want to take up all your time because I do want to hear a bit about uh your activism because it, it's quite uh quite remarkable to say the least. Um so I don't know. Is there anything quick you would want to say about Providence before we get into that? Be, uh, just did you enjoy that experience of being? You played a veterinarian, uh, if I if I'm not if I'm correct on that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I loved doing the show. I loved the people. We had a great time. I got to uh, it was 16 years from the time I did Mash ended Mash to the time we started Providence. I had not done any. I'd done some movies for television, but hadn't done another series. Right, and I wasn't particularly interested. Most of the series I was offered were some version of BJ Goes Home, you know. <laughs> and and I, I called my my agent said they they really want you to. Do I said, well, send me the script, and I read the script, and I thought this is really too good. I said, I I think this is not going to get on the air. It's it's too good. And she said, well, they think they have an order for it, and I said. Would you come and meet at, at meet the people at NBC about it? And I said, yeah, sure, I'd be happy to. And I met um, Melina, uh, and she and I yeah. went in and people. Now, one of the more beautiful women you ever want to know, and she's just as beautiful inside as she is outside. Wow. She's just a lovely, lovely. And um, they said, you know, we want to do this series, and we did it for five years, and I. Uh, I don't re regret a moment of it. It was, uh, it was fun. They were sweet. The shows were good. Um, and it was canceled for a stupid reason. Um, so uh, I had the fortune to work for five years doing a show that another show that was fun, but it wasn't MASH. It was just, you know, nothing will ever be MASH again. No, 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 no. That's, that's like, that's like one of the top of all time. So, <laughs> Let's talk a bit about your activism, because I, I think a lot of people, obviously, yes, they know you as BJ and they, you know, as they, they know you from Providence. But I don't think a lot of people realize just how much activism you've been involved in. I mean, this is going back to the halfway house. But I mean, you've been um, Human Rights Watch, uh, Death Penalty uh, Focus, 
uh, PETA, uh, Amnesty International. I mean, <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, come on. I mean, that's incredible. Gosh, ah, I, well, can, yeah. I can barely, you know, donate to some local cause half the time, you know, with my kids or whatever, <laughs> and you're out there all over the place. Well, it feels like that. My my partner Marvin Minoff, I, I was in business with him. We uh, formed a production company, and after after Mash, we made some movies and stuff. And he he <laughs> he used to say, uh, uh, <laughs> one time I have a friend who uh, is very active. She, she called me on the set of Mash, and we got involved with the Steel Workers Union and. Uh, because she said, "I understand you do political work," and I said, "Yeah, <laughs> that's part of the, part of being alive here today." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Marvin one time got a phone call. And he picked it up and he, he said, "Mike, it's your political wife." <laughs> 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 and she was talking about a trip to South Africa. Uh, talking about a trip to uh, oh the Middle East. Um, so yeah, I've I've been given opportunities. I'm I was one of the founders. Uh, um, I, I got involved with a human with a, uh, a refugee aid organization, Concern America, is the name of the organization. Wonderful, wonderful group of people doing great. And they um, they actually contacted me on the Mash set and said we've got a film. Actually, a woman from that I had known at the house, the place that we did the the therapies the halfway house yeah we yeah. called we called it the house um and the house will remain in my memory as in my life as a really a major a major impact um and she called me and she said i'm working with this organization i'm now a doctor doing uh, pediatric work um this one woman had had a big drug problem and now she was squared away and doing great stuff wow and she said um there they have this organization is doing a work they have a film about that this priest who's associated with the organization uh made in africa um a film about children and the plight of children in uh, in the third world what we knew as the third world then the underdeveloped world mm -hmm. she said they wonder if you'd be willing to take a look at it and if so if uh, if you have a particularly good reaction to it if you might find a way to help them with it, uh, get some distribution. And I said, I'd be happy to look at it. I was very moved by it. And I said, um, sure. Uh, so I called Dinah Shore, whom I had, I'd been on her show. She had a talk show at the time. Oh, it was huge. And uh, Yeah. And I said, Dinah, this, there's this movie I've seen that's about the kids, the kids in Africa, uh, kids in uh, different parts of the world. Who are being starved and not? A, would you be willing to air part of it on your on your movie and talk about it on your show and talk about it? So uh, she said absolutely and did and wanted me on the show with her to talk about the show and the work of the people and uh, and they brought we brought this fellow wonderful man a little Irishman uh, Father Mick uh, <laughs> Mike Dahany. We would call it Dini here, but he was Dahani, Mike Dahani. And, <laughs> and I met the two people who were running organ the organization concern here in America. 
and got involved as a result of this film and with their work. Um, and I'd, I'd done some stuff prior to that. I'd been involved after the Watts, what were called the revolution, the Watts riots. Right. I'd been down, down in South Central working with the people there in an up thing called Operation Bootstrap and uh, trying to bring things kind of up to a place where it was, you know, there's just a lot of work to be done in this society. And, uh, mm -hmm. and um, I got involved with a couple of uh, death cases and have subsequently been for the last 25 years, I've been the president of the board of directors of this uh, death penalty focus, an organization that uh, is trying to eliminate the use of the death penalty in our country and in the world. Um, so at any rate, um, um, wow. the, it, these things go in different ways, but at Concern, um, they asked me if I would be willing to become their uh, national spokesperson wow. after I'd done some work with them. And I said, I would, but I'd need to see the work the organization does in different parts of the world. And they sent me to, um, uh, the Thai-Cambodian border areas when the, the, the big struggle was going on in uh, Cambodia between the Khmer Rouge and the Khmer Sarai. Oh, just terrible. Yeah. Awful, awful. I mean, the, the, the incredible bloody massacre that went on in, in, in Cambodia. The killing fields, all that. It was, it doesn't even, yeah. Yeah. It's just terrible. Uh, so I went there, and and what had happened is that the UN had set up a uh, <clears throat> uh, an encampment on the border between Thailand and Cambodia to deal with refugees coming pouring out of Cambodia um, as a result of the war. So I went and worked, visited them, and saw the work they were doing um, on the border, and we went into Cambodia a bit and. Uh, got to see the incredible human waste of. Oh, I don't know how you even took that in. I don't think I don't know if I could do that. To be honest. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, so I did that, and then came back and uh, went to an. I, to, there was a conference on that, that situation going on in Ireland, so I went there for the conference and met with a number of people, and one of them was the founder uh, of uh, Amnesty International. Oh, wow. And uh, talked about their work and um, got involved a little bit with them and then came home. And then um, what was happening in, after Reagan was elected in 80, uh, mm -hmm. the U.S. was intent on stomping out the what they saw as communist subversion in Central America. And they started, uh, first of all, I got involved in the efforts to help uh, um, provide medical aid to uh, people who were suffering from the war, from the repression in El Salvador. Didn't you uh, save someone's life, by the way? I'm sorry. Is that is that <clears throat> overstating that or? or that, that overstates it quite a bit, but okay. what I did was, um, that there was a woman, uh, um, there were contending forces in, in, in El Salvador, um, the, the guerrillas and the military, and the military was headed by the government, which was a terrifically fascist organization, and we were, they were unfortunately supported by the Reagan administration. Right. So 
I became um, a supported uh, uh, openly in, in opposition to the Reagan policies in Central America. And the concern organization that I'd worked with in uh, Cambodia was now working in Central America with wow. refugees from the Salvadoran War on the borders in Nicaragua and on the border in, um, in um, Honduras. So they asked me if I would be willing to go down and take a truckload of, um, pick up a truckload of uh, equipment to take to some of the border camps. Which, God, I mean, seriously, I am so blown away. I'm like, just sitting here. That is really dangerous. Uh, you know, it's not as dangerous as you might think, but you you do it. You, you, there, there is crazy stuff that happens, but it's not. Well, yes, there's some danger involved. I right. Guess. Anyway. So we, I, I drove this truck and loaded some friends. The woman I told you that had called me on the set that got me involved with the steelworkers. I called her and I said, you want to go to Central America? Oh, wow. <laughs> and I had met um, Fred Harris in 76. I campaigned for Fred, Senator Fred Harris. Wow. Uh, residency. And um, his wife, uh, LaDonna Harris, is a, a full-blooded uh, uh, Comanche Indian. Wow. And he... Um, she said, can I go? <laughs> so Margie and LaDonna and I uh, were got down there and did this load of stuff into the camp in uh, uh, the Mesa Verde camp in, in uh, Honduras. And then we flew with, um, with uh, a group, a religious group, a Christian group that does flies, um, patients that need to be refugees that need particular stuff that can't be handled in the camps into places in the capital where they could get uh, the proper medical attention. Wow. So this guy flew us down and we, and we landed on the top, the cutoff top of a mountain. I thought I was never going to see daylight again. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> yeah, it was fabulous. I mean, when you look back on these things, it's just, it's, it's sort of fun to kind of re Re, uh, relive them anyway yeah. the incredible young people working volunteers doctors and nurses and um, health practitioners working in these camps american kids most of them um i was just so impressed with the work they do wow and then we went into central america i mean into uh, <clears throat> nicaragua where the revolution had now the, the Sandinistas had overtaken the government, and uh, there was a big struggle with the Reagan, Reagan administration had funded the Contras. So we took um, <laughs> an old Russian helicopter oh, out to eastern, eastern Nicaragua to look at a resettlement camp for the Mosquito Indians because the, for, the concern was that the Contras were... Um, attacking the indians wow and claiming it was the sandinistas doing it so we had to kind of get in the middle of that i mean it's just oh it's the, just crazy yeah it is it's, it just goes on and on and on so so did you so did this woman I, so what what was the story oh, then how no, with the woman okay, yeah no it's okay it's all like mind-boggling to be quite so, frank over so, here so i was back and forth to um S salvador three or four times within this early 70s uh, 
80s, sorry, early 80s, and, uh, late 70s, early 80s. Um, and I was lobbying. I had testified in Congress about one of the trips I had done, about the, the way, the, the inappropriateness of the Reagan administration's policies and how the harm was being done by U.S. training these uh, terrible, terrible troops that were killing people in... God. And they captured a woman. Nidia Diaz was her nom de, nom de guerre, her, her war name. Um, uh, they had captured her and wounded her, and they had her in uh, in prison. And an international medical group had met her and said she needs surgery on her arm, um, and they weren't giving it to her, and she was losing the use of her hand. Oh, jeez! Uh, as a result of the fact that they wouldn't do the surgery, mm -hmm. and of course, in Salvador at that time, the government had so poisoned uh, the atmosphere that anybody who lifted a hand to help somebody that they labeled a communist was suspect and you know archbishop romero was murdered right just terrible terrible things anyway they said um we lobbied i was part of a lobbying organization to the u.s government to say you've got to get this woman treatment wow. and the amnesty contacted me and said we've got approval uh, to uh, bring a physician and his wife, uh, who's the nurse anesthetist down there, um, would you go with them as observer? And I said, absolutely. Wow. So we flew down. We were wel not welcomed, but we were tolerated um, by the government and uh, taken to the prison and met her. And this guy, this 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 doctor, uh, who had to remain nameless for a long time. Um, on the way down, he was showing me uh, pictures of the surgery he, th he thought was going to be necessary. Oh, my gosh. And I thought, well, that's, this is interesting, but shit, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> right, right. So uh, we got down there and we went into the prison. We went up to meet Maria, uh, Nidia and uh, he carefully introduced me and he said my muchacho okay and then we were she was grateful to our presence there and how, how much we were she appreciated what we were going to do for her we went down and the com commandant of the prison said uh, go to your uh, hotel and you will hear from us tonight so oh my gosh in the middle of the night uh we got awakened, or I wasn't asleep, but we, they said, come on out. It was, I suppose, one o'clock in the morning. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. And there are two Jeeps bristling with soldiers. And they gave, they got us into these Jeeps. And these soldiers have got their guns. And we're rolling through the streets of San Salvador. Oh, my and gosh. Thought, are, we, are they expecting us to be attacked? Uh, you know, I don't right. get it. Huh. Because I'd I'd been down there now three times I suppose by that time, wow, and, uh, and been through the refugee camps and man it was nasty. Anyway, we got to the back of this hospital, into an elevator, up to the the surgery, and as we walked out of the surgery out of the elevator, the three nurses that Salvadoran nurses that were attending the woman 
on the gurney walked out of the room and uh, <laughs> the doctor walked over and he talked to Nydia and he said um, well I'm here and I have my my wife the nurse anesthetist but I need uh, uh, I need somebody to to do uh, some of the assistance with the surgery and she said nobody here is going to do it doc oh because my gosh they're all afraid of being labeled communist so he came over to me and he said, I need you, I need you to assist me in the surgery. <laughs> oh I said, my gosh. What? <laughs> and he said, I've got to do this surgery. She, my wife will do the, uh, the <laughs> anesthetic, but um, uh, I can't do this by myself. Whoa. I said, doc, I, he said, you've been through the surgical procedures. You know what that's about. I said, I've been through it a hundred times, Doc, but it's all fake. I, I, <laughs> yes. I don't really surgery. <laughs> he said, he said, either you help me do this or we uh, we leave. We can't do it. Oh my gosh. And I said, okay, go over and tell this woman that uh, what the situation is and that the person who's going to assist you is not a trained uh, medical uh, technician. And he said, okay, and he went over and he, <laughs> I heard her laugh and he came back and he said, out in the mountains, them that can do. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I, okay. And we went in and his wife, you know, we did this whole surgical technique that I've done a thousand times and, uh, and put on a mask and gloves and, uh, and a hat and, went over and I thought, I, I, I'm just terrified that I'm going to either pass out or throw up. Oh yeah. I, 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 I totally, that's exactly what I was just <laughs> thinking. Yeah. And he, uh, he said, okay, now uh, you, when I do this, you have to do the opposite. You have to help me when I resect, I have to, and I said, okay, okay, okay. Oh gosh. We did the first cut in her arm and the, we se separated the flesh and it was laying into a new world. Oh, it yeah, I bet. Stunning. It was layers and stuff that looked like little yellow bubbles. And I mean, it was just astonishing. And I forgot all about being afraid or being um, sick or being anything other than just being fascinated by what we were doing. Wow. And we looked and looked and he probed and he said, I can't do what I thought I was going to do because the the damage has been done to her. I thought it was done to her nerve. It's been done somewhere else. <laughs> wow. So, he's, so he said, what we're going to have to do is uh, we'll open up her forefinger. She has two, two um, tendons leading to her forefinger and we'll open those up and then we'll have to go in because she couldn't, what she couldn't do was move her thumb. Oh my so she gosh. had, if you have, if you don't have your thumb, you don't, you can't grip anything, you know? So yeah, so well, it's her, a big thing that sets us apart from other, exactly. other animals or whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, so he said, then we'll tunnel through and we'll attach that uh, cut off tendon to the thumb tendon that's not working. Oh my and, gosh. Oh, I couldn't take I, it. My he said, I need you to do this and cut down there and tunnel in here. And I need you to snip here. And 
we did it. I said, but next time she points, isn't she going <laughs> to, isn't she going to want to point with her thumb too? Yeah. <laughs> right. And no, the brain, the brain will, will make the adjustments. So, uh, we, we, anyway, we did this surgery and, uh, wow. And, 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 it, and I was accused the next day in the Salvadoran press of aiding a communist guerrilla and refusing to do medical, uh, 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 give medical aid to wounded Salvadoran soldiers. Unbelievable. <clears throat> nothing was nothing. And, and there, there's actually an, an article still rotating in, in the right wing press that accuses me of being uh, unwilling to help. Actually, a couple of years later, I was in... Um, went with uh, uh went with the guy i played i, I played a, a, a ambassador robert white in a movie about the el salvador the murder of the three nuns oh and yeah very famous I, I became a friend and i went with him uh to south america to uh, deal with uh, look at the situation in both uh, paraguay and uh, chile and in meeting with the in, in landing in chile the woman who was leading the tour came back and she said, I don't know if you want to go. We're good. We're, we were to have a meeting with the um, American uh, diplomatic corps in Chile. Yeah. <clears throat> I said, sure. And she said, I'm not sure you uh, would be comfortable going in because they've read all the story about you in El Salvador and then helping the, helping the uh, guerrilla commandant. And uh, <laughs> Oh my gosh. And I said, no, I'm happy to go in and answer any questions they may have. So, <laughs> so let's go. So, yeah, I became infamous in the, in the Latin American diplomatic corps. Oh, how funny. Yeah. But I will, I will say Nidia Diaz in 1992 used that hand to sign the peace accord in El Salvador. Oh my gosh. Is that an amazing. That's something. Like circle that's amazing i mean knocks, incredible just knocks me out and i was gonna the, say that's that right there just <laughs> must feel like wow what absolutely. a close and she's a she's a member of the constituent assembly the legislature down there now okay that's just terrific i mean that's amazing um mike i <laughs> you know You've been just terrific. I mean, wow. Uh, I, I, I mean, that's all I can say is wow because some of your stories were just mind-boggling to me. Um, but thank uh, you. Yeah. You you seem to be open to those kinds of stories, so I've got them to tell. Oh, I'm well. I'm believe me. I'm well open to them, and I and I really do appreciate you. And and uh, obviously, I mean, I loved your work, but I love what you you've done outside of it too. It's just a, a you know a real pleasure to talk with you. But uh, thank you, thank you so much for just giving and being so open. It, it's just been a wonderful experience. You're you're very kind, and uh, you've made it uh, you've made it a wonderful experience. Thank you. Oh, very kind of you, Mike. Thanks. Okay. Thanks for coming, and uh, please check us out also on youtube.com slash that's classic TV, where you can actually watch and see the celebrities that are on the show. Thanks again. Bye-bye.